Welcome to the Hughes of Leadership podcast, where we dive deep into the many prominent aspects of leadership. How does leadership show up in each of us? And how do we seek to have a positive influence on the lives of others? Just like Hughes vary, so does how we show up as leaders and how we may flex different hues depending on the moment, the task at hand, or the individual or team we're engaging. What hues are you using today and which will you seek to develop? I'm your host, DJ Menifee, Chief Enrollment Officer at Susquehanna University, and also the Chief Impact Officer for Menifee Duarte Consulting Group. And I look forward to diving into our Hues of Leadership conversation with our guest. As a reminder, season one is focused on people of influence, specifically those that have had a major influence on my leadership lens and philosophy. So it should come at no surprise to you that I'm super excited and blessed to call this next individual a true friend and a mentor. And his impact not only is felt now, but will be felt in our profession and in many lives for years to come. Our next guest is a man with a great foundation in faith, one that truly seeks to step out into the world each day and step with his purpose, his calling. A servant leader in his impactful career with his time in higher education as an enrollment professional, more recently as a director of admission at Knox College, and now impacting the youth in his role as a family engagement specialist at Galesburg Junior High School. He's a husband, a father, a son, and a friend. Welcome, Devon Euros. What's up, my man? Not much, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That made me feel dignified, man. I feel like I, you know, I need to go out and uh, do some more stuff, but I appreciate that introduction. Well, Jesus did that for you this morning. I'm just, I'm just, adding, I'm just adding a little, a little context to it. That's all. Absolutely, I appreciate it, my brother. Well, listen, uh, for my guest, as a reminder, um, given the season and given given the focus of this season, I want to make sure that that you all have a sense of why uh, I wanted Devon on the show. And um, one of the ways in which he has, has had an impact on the way in which I think about leadership and try to improve as a leader is his ability to deeply care for and engage those around him. And, and I think that will come out in many shades and many hues as we're having our conversation but I would say it all fits under the scope of relationships. Uh, and it takes me back to one of our uh, first uh, interactions as, as uh, co-leaders or tri-leaders where we were at uh, Knox together. And, you know, I was mapping out all of these things about leadership, much more, I think maybe either one would say technical or, or transactional, um, but it was very specific to strategy and expectations and accountability. And I'll never forget Devon was like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that. I understand that. But uh, what about the people? What about the relationships? And it, it's always been something that has stood with me, man. So that is, to our guests, that is one of the main reasons why I wanted to have Devon on our show today. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, it's easy to get caught in, in the technicality and the strategy and the tactical aspect of things. Because sure, yeah, that makes businesses run regardless of, of, of who the listeners are, every business, you got to have a strategy, you got to have a tactics to run it, but you can't have a business if you don't got the people. And so <laughs> you got to understand um, what they need, what motivates them, uh, what makes them uh, come to work every single day. So building that relationship, just it just goes so much further into uh, the tactics and the strategy, because if they can get behind you, they can get behind your vision. Hey man, I can I can I can see this about to be one of them shows already. <laughs> so so listen, audience. Uh, Devon and I had a chance to connect ahead of time to really get a sense of 
kind of the three hues he wanted to share with the world today. And so I'm really excited about some of these thought-provoking topics um, and these themes. And so we're going to go ahead and dive in. Um, our first cue uh, that we're going to have Devon unpack for us is, is humility. And so I'm going to turn the keys over to you. Uh, walk us through what you mean by that and how that shows up in any facet of your life. Absolutely. Um, when I think humility, when I think any of these hues, I actually love the the aspect of your podcast, like the hues of leadership, um, because you can go and read all the, the John Maxwell books. You can get uh, to all the leadership things. And once you step in that role, you understand that it's different for every single leader. And, and so how you apply certain principles, certain uh, leadership styles, it, it varies. And so I love this aspect of the hues. Uh, one, because I'm a light-skinned black man. So, you know, when people see me, they they try to like, okay, are you mixed? I'm like, yeah, I'm mixed with my mom and my dad. So then they get confused. So anyway, but I like this huge uh, aspect um, of, of the conversation. But humility, what's humility for me? Um, it all starts for me with the greatest leader the world has ever seen. Uh, and that's Jesus. When I think of humility, I think of people that understand it's about you, not necessarily about me, or it's about all of us, including me. And so um, one of my favorite scriptures is uh, from the Old Old Testament for you folks that don't understand the Old Testament, New Testament, that's in this big book called the Bible. Uh, contact, me, contact me after this. We can walk through it together. But in 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people, um, which are called by my name, will humble themselves pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. And he says, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. So let's unpack, unpack this first part. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Humility starts with everything that I do, whether it's a husband, uh, whether it's at my job, I have to humble myself. I have to understand that it is it's not about the Devon show today. It's about my wife, Lauren, my son, Daxton, uh, the co-workers I'm blessed to be around. Sure, I've had successes, uh, but those successes wouldn't be possible without others impacting my life. So when I think humility, for me, it starts with that servant leader. I'm, I'm not going to ask anybody to do something that I'm not willing to do. You know, it, it talks about relationships. Like in any organization that I've been in, I want to make sure that I know everybody within that organization, whether you're uh, whether you are the president of that organization or the chairman of the board uh, or you're a chancellor or maybe you're a custodian, maybe you're the lead cook, uh, maybe you're the person that's uh, that's icing or, or, or salting the driveway. Every aspect, every cob is important to that will. So I want to see who you are. I want to respect what you do because it's important for this business to function. You know, I work in a school right now. It's extremely important right now, our custodians, because it's right. It's kind of nasty out there. So salting these driveways, uh, coming in, taking care of our, our bathrooms, taking care of our lunchroom. Sometimes those jobs go unthanked um, by folks that sit in boardrooms that make decisions. But without those people, you couldn't get into those places. You couldn't get into the bathrooms. You couldn't go and sit down and have peace because it wouldn't be clean. So uh, for me, uh, that's humility. And when I have that hue, when I start my day understanding humility, that it's just not about me. It actually makes my my day so much more better because I'm not focused on me. Sure, I think I have some 
tendencies that some might call narcissistic, I, I do, because sometimes I get in my own lane, I get in my own zone where it's the divine show, and I just have to remind myself that's not the teachings of Christ, that's not who he was. I mean, one of the first things uh, that some people will remember that he said is, I'm the Alpha and Omega, or you know, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. What is he really saying? It doesn't matter if you're out and up front, you may come in last, and that person that's sitting um, three rows back in the top balcony uh, may be the person that actually gets elevated. And so I just want to be as humble. My def definition of humble is just servant leader, making sure that everybody around me understands that I can't do what I do if you can't do, if I don't appreciate what you do. So I appreciate you not only starting with what is your foundation uh, in the Heavenly Father, but also in starting out with this lens of selflessness, um, that it is about you, uh, if I'm remembering correctly how you phrased it, it's about you more so than it is about I, or it's about us collectively speaking, more so than it is about me. And so between sharing with the world where your foundation is, uh, but also in then enlightening the world that approach this work, and, and we should approach leadership work selflessly um, through a lens of servant leadership. Uh, that is so powerful. I do have a, a follow-up question for you, and, and you shared with the audience, you shared with the world kind of how you show up each day with a can of humble juice. Talk to us a little bit about how you help others walk in humility that are around you, because it's one thing for you to be able to do it. Uh, it becomes much more powerful if you can help others look through that hue uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in learning styles. So I think everyone listening needs to understand how you learn, whether you learn through auditory, maybe, maybe listening to this podcast is how you learn. Maybe you learn kinesthetically by, by feeling, uh, by doing. I'm more of a kinesthetic. I've got to do it. And, and so for me, how do I teach others? we got to live it. I can talk with you all day long about the principles of humility, why it's important. But if I don't live that life in front of you, if I if you don't see uh, me engage in humility, uh, it, it, it work, it's worth nothing. You know, um, I think uh, an artist, I want to say it was James Brown, uh, said talking loud and saying nothing. Um, it's again, it go. Well, the Bible, you know, says you. Uh, yeah, big old uh, clash, a uh, sound clash, and it's, it's meaningless. So, again, I don't want to be a person that just says all the right stuff, looks good on the outward appearance, but inside I'm not doing what I'm saying or I'm not I'm not practicing what I'm preaching. So to me, that's how I help others. So, But don't get me wrong. I think there's importance to, to, to teach, to walk someone together hand in hand, uh, whether it's personal mentoring, uh, finding some person that I see I see something in them. I see, okay, wow, they're going places. So uh, let me connect with them. So let's walk through some types of things. Let me share some of the struggles that I've had and then can encourage, build them up. Uh, and so they, they won't fall in those same pitfalls that I fell in, but they can see them uh, a mile off. So I think it's one-on-one, -on -one, you know, personal relationships with people. Again, it's hard to teach if you don't have relationship. Um, ask any student in any school, when an administrator or a teacher comes up to them and says, hey, you know, take your hood off. And right now, students like to wear hoods for protection, for, I mean, whatever. If they don't know who that administrator or the teacher is, they're not going to listen. <laughs> but 
if it's their favorite teacher or if it's someone they respect and they say, hey, you know, just as a reminder, you know, when you get a chance, take that hood off. I know your head is nappy, so come on into the office. I comb it up for you. But again, the relationship is everything. And so for me, it's one to one personal relationships. But also, I believe in, in sharing some teaching moments for people that might not necessarily have a strong relationship with me, but can see me uh, from afar and say, you know, I like what he's saying. I'm going to incorporate that into my into my work life. You referenced learning and how people learn. Um, and I'm going to connect that to the one on one references as you are engaging and in, in, in attempting to build the relationship. Because as you're doing that, that is how you get a sense of how people learn and what is the best way to engage them, to bring them along the journey, whether that's through the lens of training, whether it's through the lens of professional development, whether it's through the lens of coaching. If I have a sense of who you are and how you best receive, uh, download, and then and, and, and tip to use and incorporate um, information, then it kind of is better not only for the person who is in the leadership capacity, but also for the person that is in that development phase where we want to lift them up and put them in the best position to be successful in all facets of life. And so I really appreciate you bringing that to to our audience. I want to I want to transition to the second, Hugh, and I, I do feel like there's there's a lot of connection amongst the ones that you shared, but the, the second, Hugh, for our audience is equity. And so, again, I'm going to turn the keys over to you uh, and, and take us on a journey. Absolutely. Um, to me, I define equity. And right now, you know, in, in our in our society, in our culture, we've got these buzzwords. And equity sometimes feels like that buzzword where people don't really understand what we're talking about. Uh, you know, you've got DEI or, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion. And these are amazing terms and, and amazing aspects to really to really get under your belt to understand. But for me, equity just means treated fairly, treating people fair. And to treat people fairly, it starts with you actually care about them. And so for me, I have to continue to sharpen uh, the care. And to me, what the, 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 I guess the underneath side of care is empathy. If you can truly show empathy, like I, I, I'm walking in your shoes. Like, have I been uh, the chief enrollment officer at an institution? No. But can I empathize with, with DJ, put on, put, put on those J's that he wears to understand, um, like, oh, this is how it feels to walk in your shoes. I'm not going to understand it totally, but I'm going to put myself in a place to empathize what it's like to be in that in that decision room to have the pressures uh, of bringing in a class, the pressures of shaping a class, the pressures of retaining uh, the class. So again, empathy, equity, care. So it starts with that. So treating people fairly. I'll give you an example. I've done some coaching. So last year I coached seventh grade boys, uh, seventh grade boys basketball. And um, it was clear that that first day there were players that were the best. And then there were players that that had the best of being developed, meaning these weren't the best players. And so um, the cuts were made, and then we had a team of 13, <clears throat> some of them really good, some of them um, really need to be developed. As we practiced, I wasn't harder on the best players or the worst players. Everybody got fair treatment. We all had to run drills. I got out there with them. They were running uh, the drills um I was running the drills, so I'm trying to lead by example. Uh, now, at times, I went and asked some questions. Hey, I don't see that effort. 
let me understand what's going on. Again, I'm leading with that empathy. I'm leading in with care. I'm caring about who you are as a 12-year-old boy that tried out for the basketball team. And so uh, I wanted to treat them all fairly. So they knew that coach uh, was always going to play the player that was the best in that week. So each week we had a different lineup because you didn't give it your all this week. And I want to go in with this player that gave it their all. They may not be the best. They may not be the most accurate when it comes to dribbling (laughs) or shooting, uh, but they've got the attitude and the hustle that I'm looking for right now for the jail of the team. And so I, I, I truly believe that I love sports. I'm a big sports head. I uh, love watching basketball, baseball, track, uh, bowling, golf. I can watch it all. But I've learned so many lessons of just fair treatment from coaches, uh, from mentors. Uh, my dad was a huge sports fan. My mom, my grandmother, they're all big sports fans. So I learned a lot about caring for people. So when I watch uh, coaches uh, like Tony Dungy, uh, he's one of my great, uh, great coaches that I loved. I saw the way he talked to people. I saw the way he talked to the press after tough games. And I'm like, you know what? I want to be like that. I want to be able to still build up my guys, even though they didn't do the best. So after our games, if we didn't do well, I still treated them with respect. I cared about them. I showed empathy because I knew what it was like to be on a losing team since I had a lot of losing records as a basketball player. So I, again, was stepping in their shoes, uh, starting with equity, though, like treating them fairly. Uh, and so that's what I think. And, and when it comes to the job, um, it's no different. Um, when I have a, a principal staff or I was in the admission office, I had a, a, a staff of, of people above and below. Um, it didn't matter what your title was. I'm going to treat you fairly. I mean, or it didn't matter if you were on my team. If you didn't get this done, I'm going to ask you questions. Rather, I mean, like when we worked first side by side and then at the beginning, you know, you were reporting to me. It was the same, like, okay, DJ, all right, walk me through what's going on. Um, And so um, I think of disciplinary challenges uh, or things that like happened where there was one side that was being that was being shown. And so instead of going in and say, hey, um, we don't like the way you did this, I'm going to go in with the mentality, say, okay, this is what I've heard. Let me understand your side of the story. And so this aspect of I want to treat you fairly, you may be in the wrong, but you may be in the wrong from one point of view. <laughs> so I want to understand your point of view and then we can come together. And if there's um, uh, disciplinary measures that need to be handed out, they will be because again, the third hue is still accountability and we'll get to that. But uh, I still want to listen to everyone. So again, wrapping up equity for me uh, is deeply caring about people with this underlining theme of, of, of uh, empathy. Thank you, my brother, not only for wrapping it up and and reiterating empathy, but also the threads that I I pulled out were, you know, through this lens of perspective, right? In any scenario, in any um, challenge, in any framework, uh, if there's multiple people involved, there are going to likely be multiple lenses on how one thing is, is viewed. And so, I appreciate you bringing that thread through. And the other thread that I appreciate you bringing through is the thread of inquiry, not leading with something as we assume we know something, but asking questions to to get better context. And I I feel, and I would assume the audience feels that when you are leading with inquiry, um, you are demonstrating to those you're engaging with that you care because you're trying to make sure you have a full picture um, to assess things before kind of moving forward, before uh, 
providing feedback before stepping in and coaching on something that may not necessarily need to be coached on once you have the full context. So I, I definitely appreciate you leading in there. Mm-hmm. So we're going yeah, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just saying it's because it's, it's just true. I mean, this aspect that I like how you just phrased it, you know, engaging with them lets them know that you care, with them, you care about them. Because again, the reality is if you've hired them, you need to care about them because, you know, y'all got something to accomplish together. And so, uh, but let, let me be quiet because I, you know, I got some stuff that I got to kind of uh, uh, ready for the accountability. I want to dip my toe in there too much. You know, you're going to make me jump in there. So, <laughs> Well, and, and before we do jump in, because we are going to jump in here next, <laughs> you know, the, the, the addition that I would add to that is, is yes, if I hired you, which means I had the chance to assess a pool or we, the committee had a chance to assess a pool and there were qualities and characteristics that you presented that we wanted to bring on. Right. But the other piece is, is similarly, if you've uh, inherited some, a team, right. Because you didn't necessarily get to hire them. This is you're joining this organization. You're joining this community, maybe in a leadership capacity, you are now inheriting something that was already existing. There are still similar ways in which you can approach it to demonstrate your care. Right. So we are, we are transitioning a hue number three for our audience. Uh, And as he ever so slightly referenced the dipping of the toe, uh, he wanted to go ahead and transition into accountability. So let's go for it. I'm going to piggyback on something you just said about, you know, you just inherited something. Uh, Most times when we think of inheritance, we think of like, oh, my God, we're so blessed, you know, like, oh, I just inherited a bunch of finances. I just inherited some land. But sometimes we don't necessarily think of I've inherited some challenges or I've inherited uh, some, some things that I've got to work through. And uh, sometimes all of that is, in, is encompassed when uh, when you step into a new role of leadership and there, there are remnants uh, of, of, past, <clears throat> of past leadership. So you've inherited all of those types of things. So when it comes to accountability, I'm going to keep myself accountable by doing this. So in any time I have a new hire or I've stepped into a role where, where I've inherited others, I want to do almost an assessment. So I, I need to understand who are these people. And so for people that know me well, they know I am a spreadsheet person. I got spreadsheets upon spreadsheets. Um, Full disclosure, I have a spreadsheet uh, on my wife and she knows it because I, I would she be dropping hints and information uh, about things. And I'm just writing it down like, oh, so you like that? OK, boom. OK, you like this color? Great. Uh, so I'm, I'm just paying attention. And that's my mode of, of really keeping things uh, organized. So uh, assessment. And when I say assessment, I'm not saying go up to people and like assess their skill sets or assess where their strengths. I'm saying assessment in the sense of just understanding who they are. I'm in graduate school right now for school counseling. And the first thing you do if you're sitting through a mental health evaluation is do a diagnostic interview. That just means get to know who they are, get to know their psychosocial history, get to know what where their, their, their upbringing, their backgrounds, the things that they enjoy, the motivations that they have. So that's what I do with every staff. I get to know who you are, who's your family, who's important to who you are. I want to understand who keeps you accountable as a, as a staff that I've inherited. So the more I understand 
about who you are, uh, what keeps you accountable, what motivates you, the better I could be as a leader to lead you through sometimes tough terrain, because it's not like all the jobs we ever do are all smooth, smooth and rosy. Sometimes we step in some stuff to smell it like, OK, I smelled it before I stepped in it, but I know I still got to step in there. I'd rather step into it with someone I can trust. I understand what motivates them. I understand what leads them and makes them accountable and vice versa. And so I do that for all the staff and then I write it down in the spreadsheet. So when when important aspects of their life come up, I can be appreciative. I know it's um, you know a big day for them. The child was born on this day or, or an anniversary or a birthday. So if, if they like Mountain Dew, I'm like, OK, here's some Mountain Dew. If they like uh, uh, Nestle chocolate, you know, Swiss, whatever it is, I want to provide that to them. Or for some people, they're motivated by by appreciation. And so I know that I can appreciate them for who they are, even if they're introverted and they don't want to be praised publicly, I can still drop a note uh, on their desk to say, I saw what you did. I'm impressed by who you are and I'm thankful that you're on this team. And, and so that's when I talk about assessment. So accountability, um, I used to say this phrase all the time, and I I it, I can't do any um, any leadership podcast or, or, or talk without referencing uh, Paul Stevens, who uh, was the vice president of enrollment and now stepped into advancement at Knox College. Uh, working uh, close with him for 13 years, I learned so much about just how to run a business, and so I appreciate the lessons that he gave me. Uh, but there's uh, there's a couple things that he always shared with me. One. The most important decision you ever make is who you hire. Uh, two, um, I already talked about kind of that equity aspect and caring for people. Uh, and then three, uh, at the end of the day, the jobs got to get done. And so I always come back to that. Jobs got to get done. And so while I care about you, while I can appreciate you, while I can sit down, I can empathize with you. At the end of the day, it's got to get done. And, and so if I can step into that, I, and I love some of the prep work that you sent me about flexing. Like at what point do you have to flex uh, a, a certain a, a certain hue and I never want to go in and flex and say okay well look what's going on you said you was going to get this done you didn't explain even though that's the spirit of what I'm going to say I'm not going to say it quite in that way but that's the reality you know so uh, but again the, the what I used to say all the time and I still do every once in a while it, it, it's like the reality is it's going to fall back on me I mean, as a leader if you're at the top and you're responsible for so many, so many things, they're not going to go to the person that's been on the job for 20 days and say, why didn't you do this? They're going to go to you as the leader and say, well, what's going on? So you as a leader has to motivate, has to figure out ways to keep people accountable. So that's why understanding what motivates them is so important. So I mean, some people are motivated by money, time, appreciation, thoughtfulness. I mean, you can use love languages, quite frankly, you know, uh, like they're motivated by by words of affirmation or they're motivated by gifts or whatever it is, find whatever assessment works for your team and do those things together. There are tons of them that are out there, whether you're a Myers-Briggs person, whether you're a, a strengths finder, understand what motivates your team. And then when it comes to motivation, this is where I sometimes have to flex. I'll say this, I'll say it's either going to be you or it's going to be me and it's not going to be me. <laughs> so, what do I mean when I say that? At some point, you have to understand that you are the person that's in charge. You have to make the decision. And sometimes that decision means you part ways. And, you know, that's never that you always have to, to do that gently and lightly and document, document, document. Uh, but 
if we have to do something, shaping a class, building a class, uh, running a, an organization, and you see there's dead weight, and that dead weight has been there and it's been documented, when well, you've got to move forward and, and do what's best, not just for you, but what's best for that team. And, and so that's, for me, accountability. I want to make sure you understand that you said you were going to do this. I said I'm going to do this. Like, I have to keep myself accountable. I said I was going to do this. I need to do it. And, and so I'm appreciative of leaders, of, of, of friends, of coworkers that help me become accountable uh, by doing the things I said I was going to do. Well, I know we could talk for hours based on the the shared journey we had at Knox. Um, and, and a lot of those things could align with this hue of accountability. Uh, I also want to make sure that as you have, I want to lift up Paul Stinas, uh, who gave both of us an opportunity uh, in different phases of our journey and at different times, uh, but all through Knox College. And I don't know that the two of us would be where we are in our own individual paths as it wasn't for him giving us an opportunity and helping shape us as leaders. Absolutely. The other piece I wanted to, to just highlight before we get close to transitioning to our close is you dropped some dimes, man, on the inheritance piece. And the, the thing that it made me think about as you were talking about it was um, kind of looking at inheritance on a continuum. Because, again, you've got these very opposite ends of I've inherited something amazing. And, and for those who have had a chance to uh, be with an organization and then you have another opportunity elsewhere and you transition, you may inherit some amazing talented, accountable people, right? You may also feel as though at times you are getting the opposite end of that spectrum in that inheritance. But the other piece is, is there may be many that are in the middle on that continuum. And sometimes they just need a chance. Maybe, maybe the former leadership, they may have not had the right connection and they didn't tap into what motivated them. And so the institution, the organization, the team wasn't getting their best ray of light. And now there's an opportunity to tap into that light. Let them find that light switch and turn that light on. And so I really appreciate you, you bringing that inheritance piece to the table. The other piece I would say, which has made me think about it even more, is, is I think sometimes as leaders, when we get hired in, right, we, Maybe we shouldn't always assume that we are the gift that they are getting, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because maybe the, the leadership that existed before us was, for some of them, the type of leader they were looking for. Maybe your leadership style and orientation is going to be different. Um, and so you've made me even reflect on the, the opportunities that I've had to transition into leadership spaces um, and at times I had gone in assuming, you know, they they see me as a as as a as a move up. They see me as an upgrade. Um, but maybe that's not the case. Right. And, and, and going back to your first point, moving with humility, transitioning with humility um, and sharing that humility amongst each other when there is time for transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that point. It, it goes back to humility. I mean. Uh, you know, we never know where what things were before we got there, uh, but I can start fresh and say, and I've learned this from you. I, I learned a lot from you, just this aspect, like this is who I am and this is how I lead. I can't lead like the other people. I can't lead like, uh, like you want me to lead. I've got to lead the way I'm able to lead. Doesn't mean that I don't, don't have shortcomings. Doesn't mean that, that I'm not willing to grow, but this is who I am. And it's, the same messages that I share with our, our junior high students. Um, 
like you be be you. Uh, you uh, you're only qualified to be you. You're not qualified to be me. I've had a different experience. I have a different lens. I've had a different cultural background for some of my for my students. So like I'm the only person qualified to be Devon. You're not. You're qualified to be who you are. So speaking to those people listening to that podcast, same thing. Be you. Be authentically you. Uh, don't apologize for the things that you you don't know yet. You don't know them. <laughs> go learn them. <laughs> go 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 Google. Go brainstorm. Go listen to more podcasts uh, and really grow the things that are important to you, and then implement them. And so it's nothing worse than just hoarding and hoarding and hoarding knowledge without having any implementation. It's like it, 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 it's like just eating and eating and eating without any type of release. You're going to get bloated. And so share some of those knowledge, that knowledge, share those resources with people on your team, because the world is starving out here for, for, for good leaders. So as we transition to the close, I do want to pose one question to you, uh, Devon, and that is. Have you more recently, as you transition into this specialist role, grad program, as you continue to move within leadership roles, not only within your household as a as a husband and as a father, but also within the church, uh, have you been exposed to a new theme or realm of leadership that you haven't quite run into in the time of your leadership? Or is there something for the audience you would like to share in terms of a, of leadership that you've been mindful of it, but it's always a work in progress? It, it's, it's maybe one that over time you found instances where you've struggled. Um, and you're still working on it and still trying to improve that competency level of that hue. So which one would you want to enter the audience today? Uh, let's go with the hue that I you know, continue to struggle with and want to continue to sharpen. There are so many things that I know that I need to work on. One, um, listening with understanding. I mean, it's just so critical. Like sometimes I listen or I appear that I'm listening, but I might not truly understand what you're saying. And so, again, I'm not going to get into the listening versus hearing. I grew up hearing that. Boy, you listening, but you ain't hearing me. Like that was this that that was kind of the household. That's so, what I was thinking when you said yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody know. It's like, look, but this aspect of listening with understanding, like I heard everything you said, but you ain't really hearing me or I don't really understand what you're saying. So I'm trying my best to continue to sharpen, to really ask clarifying questions. I say, can you help me understand that a little bit more or tell me more? And, and I, it's still a struggle because I, I, I get into my ways of, OK, I heard you. I get what you're saying. And I'm like, really? I don't know if I actually get what you're saying versus I just heard what you said. Uh, and, and so it's a continual battle. And what makes it a battle is now I'm with I'm with junior high students. So for all y'all listeners out there that got middle school kids, man, it's a, it's a strange world out here. I love it, but man, it's like I really have to shut everything out and listen to what they're saying because sometimes they're saying things without saying things. I've got to read body language. I've got to read facial expressions. I've got to read uh, when they're when they're just struggling to 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 chat at all and really clarify what's going on. And so I see that with my marriage. I see that with me as a as a son. I'm like, okay, what are you really saying, mom? What are you really saying, dad? Like, what are you really saying to my to my to my wife, uh, so I can truly understand and lead? Because as a leader, I mean, the Bible makes it clear uh, that uh, males that are a Christian, you know, we are the leaders of our house. 
not that we lord over our, our, our wives and our children. That's not it at all. Because the word says uh, to, to love your wife like Christ loved the church and Christ died for the church. So I've got to be willing to die for my family to show that love. So I appreciate my wife and my son every single day. But the reality is I'm still the leader. I'm still the person that has to make the decisions. But I do that by listening with understanding. I have to understand what my wife needs, understand who she is and what her, her, her strengths are, what her, her shortcomings are. So when it comes to us making a decision as a family, then I'm leading us into the right direction. And that's no different if you're at a, at a workplace. You listen to the people that are beside you, that are, that are, that are on top of you, that are below you, that are, that are far below you. Listen and understand their needs. Uh, not that you can please everybody because that's just not the way leadership works. Uh, it's not about pleasing everybody. It's, make, it's one, making sure the job gets done, but also making sure that people are appreciated. Uh, and so that appreciation is so key. And again, I'm still working on it. It's listening with understanding every single day. You know, I, I have to apologize and say, you know, I just I thought I understood what you were saying, but I, I, I don't think I did. And so that's something that I just want to share with everyone just to to really sharpen those listening with understanding skills. As we walk through our hues for conversation today, we walk through humility. Uh, we've walked through equity. Um, we've walked through accountability. And then we offered you a bonus track and um, walking through the value of listening to understand um, and through that understanding to help shape support and then move forward with decisions. Um, and so I, I want to make sure I take the time to to give uh, my guest today his flowers. Uh, you've been monumental in the impact that you've had, not only on me as a human being, as a professional, as a husband and as a father, but you've also had an impact on my whole household. Uh, my queen, Annabelle, uh, our kids, our extended family that you've had a chance to meet. Uh, and so whether it's specific to this conversation, uh, specific to the ways in which you've added value to my leadership journey. Uh, again, I just wanted to make sure that that I'm giving you the flowers in front of the world. Uh, but more flowers will be coming because we're going to continue to stay connected. Uh, I'm going to continue to make sure that I'm being a sponge to to the to the leadership views that you have to to share with me, um, whether it's through a spiritual lens, whether it's through a professional lens or whether it's just through the lens of of being me and trying to continue to live authentically as myself. So thank you so much. I appreciate it, DJ. Thank you. It's reciprocal. I've learned so much from you over the years. Um, I, and again, just how to be a great father is the one that I'm really just honing right now. You've been a father for such a long time. I've seen how you interacted with your children, how you how you uh, appreciate and praise your wife, you know, just the simple aspects of calling her a queen, you know, that comes you know, that just sits deep in me because I see that that love that you've got as a family person. But, you know, you never let that um, you never let your your job interfere uh, with the family. And, and so I appreciate that. I appreciate the long hours that you put in the early mornings, the late nights um, grinding uh, because you've got goals, you've got aspirations. And I really appreciate uh, just appreciate you uh, for all you've done. And so, again, right back at you. Thank you. My brother. Well, to our guests, as you transition to work or you're going home from work, as you head into lunch or you're transitioning uh, between meetings, you know, as you're transitioning into professional development time, uh, whether it's each day or each week, 
or maybe you're just transitioning from work and you need to leave work where it is so you can transition appropriately to uh, your time with loved ones. Let's reflect on and consider incorporating the hues that we've talked about today into our lives. Thanks for tuning in to the Hues of Leadership podcast. And remember to ask yourself, what hues will I use today and which will I seek to further develop? Thank you.